My name is Michael Markarian and my family business is a packaging company that serves top brands all over the world. There's no debate that some packaging is harming nature and polluting our cities and something needs to change. My goal is to show you that sustainable options exist and how you can implement them right now. This is the Sustainable Packaging Show. You are listening to the Sustainable Packaging Show Season 1. Keep an eye out for Season 2 coming soon. Now with today's show. Well, hello and welcome to today's episode of the Sustainable Packaging Show. This is Mike Markari and thanks for tuning in again today. The Sustainable Packaging Show is the show that promotes progress over perfection. You guys know this if you've been listening to the first few episodes. We believe the time for greenwashing is over, and we want to look at things realistically and not get disappointed when the solutions presented are not perfect. Realize this is a journey that we're all on together, and I hope you take this journey with us to get in the fight and get into the, be part of the solution, um, you know, rather than focusing your attention on the flaws of packaging and the flaws of how there's nothing perfect out there. Let's implement the best ideas out there and let's share education out there so that we can, you know, unleash our greatest minds to figure out these solutions and we can all figure out solutions. I know we're certainly figuring out solutions at Contempo. So um, just for people who are new, my family business, Contempo is a packaging company. And we're really um, deeply entrenched in sustainable packaging. And the purpose of the show is to give equal parts education and implementation. So we're going to get into implementation today. The first few episodes were about education. I think the show will always be in equal parts of you know, education and impl- implementation. So um, let's get into it. So you as a brand, you want sustainable packaging. You say, you know what, I'm, I'm tired of seeing all the the litter and all the whatever your motive is to move to sustainable packaging i think uh it's something we all we all share in common today or most people share in common looking for better solutions there's really two main mindsets and we'll go into both and they overlap a bit but there's two main mindsets and you can think about which category you find yourself in so certain people who want to move to sustainable packaging which when we use that term I'm sort of using it in a um, in a general term in this case, right? I don't like being general around sustainable packaging. We talked about what that meant in earlier episodes, but in this sense, it's when a customer calls us and says, I want something sustainable. I want something green. I want something eco-friendly. And if you dig it and say, well, what exactly do you mean by that? Often, it's it's not always a specific, I want this. It's more what we've been talking about. It's more... I'm not happy with what's happening in the world. I want a more environmentally sound option, but I frankly don't know what it is. And I think that's where a lot of people get caught up where they don't know what the option is that they should pursue. They might talk to someone on the other end of the line who they think knows what they're talking about, but they really don't because there's a lot to this. And they might be sold something that's not actually good for the planet. And that's where the whole greenwashing things comes along. So two main categories of people. Let's get right into it. The first is someone who is very specific in what they want. And this is definitely uh, a lesser case. But there's still some questions and some distinctions that I want to make. So the first is someone who says, I want blank 
packaging. So they say, I want hemp packaging for my product. So it's you know, obviously you know what your product is. I hope you know what your product is, right? It's a good start. I want blank packaging for my product. I want hemp packaging for my product. I want um, whatever it is. I want a reusable tin for my product. So when it's uh, when they know what the packaging is, there's still a few questions that I want you to ask. And again, we touched on these in the earlier episodes, but there's three of them, and one is the most important. I think you've, you're probably focused on two of the three. There's one that I really want to make sure you're focused on. One is the supply chain. Is there sufficient supply chain to meet the volumes? And can your packaging supplier get their hands on the supply chain? Because there's big brands buying up a lot of these raw materials. So supply chain. You want, let's just use hemp. You want a hemp-based plastic? Is there supply chain for that hemp-based plastic? Plastic. Cost is number two, and I know you guys are focused on the cost. You're thinking, is the cost, um, is it workable in the margins that I have set up? So cost is the second one, and you can make that decision in your mind. Is it worth the extra cost? You know, how do you justify cost? We could do a whole episode on that, but the short of it is, outside of the ethical conversation, which I think is an important one, you could say, I'm going to spend more and reduce my margins because I'm worried about the planet. But let's put that one aside because that's only going to work for a certain percentage of the population. The logical business argument, as in cash flow argument, not environmental argument, which, again, is equally valid, if not more valid. But the cash flow business argument is by moving to sustainable packaging, can I gain more market share? Can I gain more market share? Can I build goodwill, which would far surpass the goodwill that I build as a result of this sustainable packaging? Can it far surpass the incremental cost, the 20% increase in cost, or more or less sometimes? That's the business argument that I want you guys to make. I think the ethical, environmental argument takes care of itself. And you're already thinking about that. But when someone says, oh, but it's a little bit more, it's a little bit more, think about that. What is the impact on your goodwill, right, on your on your financial statements as you're reviewing them? you got your goodwill and you also have your, um, you've got your market share. Can you gain more market share? The third part, the one that you may not be focused on, I want to make sure you're focused on, is performance. By moving to this new sustainable material, can the product perform? Can it keep it fresh? We talked about seventh generation uh, uh, sanitary wipes, right, in the earlier episode. And we said, right now it's made out of polyethylene, I believe it was, polyethylene. Polyethylene keeps the wipes moist, right? Keeps them wet so that they can function. If you move to another biomaterial and you're all happy and you, your press release is ready and we're moving to sustainable packaging and then all of a sudden... All the wipes are bone dry when they arrive to the customer. So you have to make sure performance, that is the case. So that's that's if the individual knows what they want. They say, I want blank packaging. You got to make sure the supply chain's there. You got to make sure the cost makes sense. And you got to make sure the performance is there, right? And there's various tests and things we can get into in future episodes. So that's for the person who wants something specific. But like I said, more times than not, it's not someone wanting something totally specific. It's more someone who just says, I want something sustainable for my blank product, for my coffee, right? I'm drinking a little coffee right now. So I want something sustainable for my coffee, or in the world of cannabis, which is what we've we got into the cannabis industry contemplate about 
three years ago and uh, brought beautiful packaging, branded packaging to the cannabis space, and we're bringing sustainable packaging like no one else to the cannabis space. So someone says, I want sustain something sustainable for my pre-rolls, right? So how do you go about thinking about that? Because as, as I said, that's less specific. It's sort of open and you could ask the next question saying, what do you mean by sustainable? And often the answer is, I don't really, I don't really quite know. And I'm not being critical here. This is frankly the way that I would think about it as a brand owner. If I was in your shoes, I don't quite know, but I just want something better and show me the options, show me what you've got. And then I can make a decision. So if someone's in that, um, in that, we'll say, what do they call it? Like a persona, right? If someone's in that customer persona or just not using fancy terms, that mindset, how do you go about it? So I think the first question to ask is to see if there is a path that they prefer or a mindset that they prefer. Certain people believe strongly in, in one path versus the other. And actually, this is the whole thing because I think once you understand their mindset and the option, you can make a suggestion. And then once you make a suggestion, uh, suggestion, you're back into the first scenario where it's, I want a blank package, right? So if they don't know what they want, you go through this process to figure out what they want. And then you're ultimately talking about supply chain performance and cost. Does that make sense? So how do you help someone understand what they may want? If someone says, I want something sustainable for my pre-rolls or any product. Um, I like to figure out, is there a direction that they prefer? And I think the direction they prefer, we'll talk about the different directions in a moment, but I think it's largely driven on two things. I think it's driven on personal belief. I think um, certain people have different beliefs as to what the best path is for the environment. And, and frankly, I think we shouldn't be shooting down each other's um, beliefs as to what the best path is so long as it's not greenwashed. I think if if someone's greenwashing, you have the I don't want to say the right or obligation, but you can certainly constructively try to tell that person why that that path is not the best one and explain to them and try to communicate, educate, not obnoxiously, but educate. Hey, this is the way that I see this. Share your opinion. But I don't think we should any of us should come down with a hammer right now saying like, you know, this is horrible because you're just creating conflict. You're creating conflict on people who are on your team, unless it's blatantly deceptive, right? And there's blatantly deceptive stuff, which we don't want. But a lot of the stuff, it's kind of gray right now. You know what I mean? We're, we're trying to figure this thing out. All different. There's a lot. There's millions of people who want to figure this out. There's brands adopting new things. And it's not all going to be perfect. So there's that fine line between, you know, constructive criticism and people who are just trying to shoot people down and break people down and yeah that's good but you didn't think what about this and it's I think it's very unproductive and I, I, I'd encourage people not to do that so what's the personal belief some people prefer one path versus the other and, and as long as it's not greenwashing I support it fully as long as the person can kind of think through in their mind okay how is this actually better for the planet versus the status quo that's a good point I'm gonna I'm gonna just emphasize Compare it to the status quo because oftentimes when you do nothing, you're just allowing the status quo to happen or, or to continue. You are allowing the status quo to continue. So because your sustainable packaging solution isn't better, you'll do nothing 
excuse me, because it isn't perfect, you'll do nothing even though your solution is better than the status quo. That makes no logical sense. That doesn't make any sense. So, so it's what's the personal beliefs. And the second thing, very key, very eye-opening. I can give credit to certain people who, who explain this to me, one customer in particular. I hadn't really thought of this, and maybe you haven't either. Infrastructure. What is the infrastructure in the area that the product will be sold? And, and I know I thought about that in terms of um, where I really thought about that was in terms of industrial compostable, right? And there's compostable packaging, but most areas don't have green bins everywhere. Green bins are kind of the compost color, I think. That's, that's green. I think that's what it is. I don't know. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I've seen green bins for compost. And there's no green bins in many areas, so does your area where the product's being sold have the infrastructure to process that packaging? So that's one simple way. But another one, if you think outside the U.S., we're based in the U.S., but if you look outside the U.S., you're selling a product globally all over the world. Frankly, you might, you probably know where your product's going, but you're not just selling a, a small market. You're selling a product globally. What is the infrastructure in those areas? And I use the example of um, of products that are sold in India, right? If you have uh, beauty products or different products sold in India, and you know maybe there's the most sustainable solution, it doesn't make any sense because they don't have the infrastructure that's available. So you got to think about what is the infrastructure in the location. And that's why I say this is going to be a journey, because if tomorrow there's massive infrastructure that's put, just imagine for a moment, the ideal infrastructure was implemented worldwide, then our path to sustainability may change. So that's why this is about progress, not perfection. And this is a journey that we're all on together. So the path, it's going to be driven by personal belief and also by infrastructure where the product's sold, right? Not necessarily where you are, because that's another mistake or thought process that I had initially was, all right, this guy's in California, therefore let's follow California laws. Well, that, that doesn't make any sense. He's in California, but he's going to sell all over the world. So you can't just base it on uh, California infrastructure. And that's one of the challenges. And I, I would also encourage you not to get too wrapped up in that because that can be that can be a black hole. You can get totally lost in that. So um, let's run through the different paths or through the different options and, and these overlap a little bit and we'll get into this in the next episode we can go more into depth but the way that i like to think about it and this is not like some formal again i'm i'm, I'm a businessman who tries to make things simple but there's this is not some like educational thing that i learned from somebody or like some principles this is just these are my own principles of how i think about it. i think about stuff that is recyclable meaning it can be recycled in the blue bin or in common streams, right? So like we talked about your flexible packaging, your bags can't be recycled in your blue bin. They have to go to the grocery store. But I'm saying in in streams that are easily accessible, right? Not, you know, we talk about shoes made out of bubble gum and bubble gum is technically recyclable. I'm not talking about that right now. So recyclable in the blue bin or common streams, but let's just say the blue bin. Products made from recycled content. So it's when things are recycled, they go in the blue bin for the purpose of being turned into future products. So by using recycled content, you're creating usefulness for the whole recycling system, right? It's like I used to joke with people, but it's actually, frankly, not a joke. 
I think a lot of us, we think the blue bin, I think lesser now. I think there's more awareness coming out, but hey, by throwing this in the blue bin, I'm saving the planet, and I feel good about myself, and that's the end of it, right? But it's not the end of it. You need to put the stuff in the blue bin. It needs to be disposed of properly, and I think that's the room for a lot of contamination in recycling. So you're putting these in the, bl in the blue bin for the purpose of them being turned into new products. So you get recyclable, you have made from recycled content, you have renewable Things like your hemp plastic and sugarcane and all these bioresins. And the idea of renewable is that it's infinitely renewable, right? It comes from the earth and it will be infinitely, um, ideally, right? If we take care of the earth, the earth and its natural beauty, it's infinitely renewable. It'll come up again and again and again and again. And that's one of the the criticisms, if you will, of of oil is that it's a it's a finite resource but it comes from the earth that's the other side of it a lot of people they talk about oil like it was made in some artificially in some lab it does come from the earth and it's ultimately made up of the same stuff i'm no physicist but i can tell you no quantum physicist is that a surprise to anyone but it's ultimately made up of the same stuff as everything else so um Quantum physics is certainly an area outside my expertise. I shouldn't. I probably shouldn't go there. Number four is reusable. So things that are reusable. We talked about things that would be sterilized and reused. Or if it's not a food product, maybe you don't have to sterilize it as much. Or at all, frankly. And last, and that would be an example of, you know, even in the grocery store, uh, one of those like tote bags, those shopping bags, are a good reusable option. And number four, excuse me, number five are degradable additives. So various technology that breaks down uh, uh, mostly plastics. You're talking about plastics with degradable additive breaks them down faster. And there's different types. Um, and don't close off your minds too quickly to degradable additives. You know, if you're, if you're kind of saying, yes, but that creates microplastics and that, I get that. I think that's very valid, and frankly, that's why for a long time I did not like them. But if you think it through fully, and maybe we'll go into that in its own episode, talk about degradable plastics. We will, degradable additives. But if you really think it through fully, it might not be the ideal scenario, and it might not even be the right scenario for products that are recycled. But in products that are not recyclable, and they're going to the landfill anyways. You can throw them in the blue bin all you want. You're just going to contaminate the stream. If they're going to the landfill, to have it break down faster, I think is a good thing, depending on which one you use. There's certain ones that are definitely garbage, and you don't want to use them. But there's other ones that, again, it's based on research. It, it, it looks pretty promising. Okay? So I'm just saying, don't shoot it down too fast. If there's one thing that I've learned... It's that you need to walk this fine line. And this is what I'll close with. It's a very fine line. It's a line that's difficult to walk. And frankly, you're going to walk over it the wrong way sometimes. But it's a fine line between saying, I don't want to greenwash, which is absolutely true. You can't greenwash anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, don't greenwash. So there's, I don't want to greenwash. And then the other side of it is, and this might be the wrong term, but I'm sort of just speaking openly, being a know-it-all, 
you know, being a know-it-all to the point where you may be informed or you're not, frankly, maybe if you're not informed, it's even better because you're coming with an open mind, but I shouldn't say it's better because that base education is important, but being a know-it-all to the point where you, you shoot down ideas and I, I try to never be this way in this area, especially because it's like, this is so new. This like this, it's been around for a little while, but the new technology and the rate of just just the rate that this is moving, the improvements, the advancements, it's happening at lightning speed. And to to take your again, we're all just we all have finite knowledge. I mean, some people think that they know more than they do. To to take the knowledge that you have in your brain after how many, a few years of this. The, like you can't possibly even understand what's happening out there right now. There are such amazing things happening in sustainable packaging right now that for you to draw conclusions, oh, that's bad. Uh, what do you mean that's bad? Maybe that maybe you made the analysis it was bad two years ago when it was bad. But now either the product's improved or the infrastructure's there or there's a new way of thinking about things or there's new research and information that's changed things. So it's this fine line, and we're going to walk it on this show. And again, I'm going to, I will, I'll be the first one to say the times where I'll probably get it wrong. I'll, I'll go for something that's a little bit too greenwashed, or I'll be, I'll shoot things down that shouldn't be shot down. So this is a fine line that we're all walking. But in your mind, you got to avoid greenwashing, but also keep an open mind and don't shoot things down too quickly because, you know, I think. It's actually the sign of a great mind. I think if you, if you, when presented with new information, you'll adjust your approach. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a great episode. Thank you for caring. I always like to thank you for caring because only people who care will actually listen to this podcast. And without people who care, we're going nowhere, ladies and gentlemen. But together, together with enough people who care, enough great minds who care. And a great mind is frankly one who just genuinely wants to make something happen. It's not about education level. It's not about degrees. It's about that level of caring and um, and a desire to get things done. So thank you to all the great minds out there who are helping us make this happen. I wish you nothing but a fantastic day. Take good care. If you're looking for sustainable packaging that's actually good for the planet, we have sustainable options for just about every packaging product. Email MikeM at ContempoPackaging.com. Let's talk. Have a phenomenal day.